You're listening to Lunchtime Live with me, Susan Keogh, sitting in for Kira Kelly this Wednesday afternoon. Now, it is time to hear this week's Wednesday's dinner recipe. Standing in for Gary O'Hanlon for the next little while is celebrity chef Paul Travaux, who joins me now on the line. Paul, good afternoon. Hi, Susan. How are you? Good, thank you. Now, Paul, as I've been saying throughout the show, uh, this month here on News Talk is Food Fest, with thanks to Deliveroo, delivering food freedom. And as part of that, we have been asking people today what they would like their very final meal to be. So uh, I want you to choose yours. I've said mine a couple of times. Roast pork was one of them. Steak was another one. But tell me, this week's Wednesday dinner, Paul, is it going to be your final meal? What is it? I tell you, Susan, there's people now and they're quaking in their boots because when I tell them what my favourite debt row meal is, they'll all say, I have one of those pots in the back of the shed somewhere. So go out there, dust it off, clean it off and get ready to make the most retro, classic, amazing cheese fondue. (laughs) There is nothing nicer than a cheese fondue. Okay, go. How do you make fondue now? I wouldn't know where, like I would just melt cheese and put it in a pot. Surely there's more to it than that. Well, would you believe there's actually not? (laughs) There's not a huge more, much more than that. But as you know, I I love to keep things very, very simple. So it's basically half wine to the amount of cheese. So Mm. I'm going to make it really easy. So we're going to do this for about six to eight people. So it's one bottle of good white wine, something like a a Macon Looney or a white Bordeaux, something nice like that. So it's one bottle, which is 750 mils. So you're putting in 1,500 grams of cheese. Sounds like a huge amount, but this is a dinner for six to eight people at least. So what you do is, is you put in about five or six cloves of garlic into the pot. You add in your wine. You put in a little bit of uh, cracked black pepper and a little bit of nutmeg. And then you get that in nice and warm, and then you add in your cheese. Now, classically, my father is Swiss, so classically in Switzerland, they'd use uh, three types of cheese. They'd use two-fifths of Gruyere, two-fifths of Amantel, and one-fifth of Appenzeller. And that sounds complicated, but you go to any... And I'll, I'll tweet this up later on, on at Paul Trevo, the actual recipe. And I'm even... Actually, I think I even have a video on YouTube of me making this somewhere. Go into a good cheese uh, shop or any of your farmer's markets and they all have these cheese and this is like telling like a French guy if you're going to make a nice Irish stew use proper lamb so if you're going to make this fondue use the right cheese so don't just take your like cheddar from your supermarket or whatever like invest in your cheese exactly use a good one I mean and uh, the results will be well worthwhile now in in the olden days when this was started kind of coming out and people were having it as parties they say if your piece of bread fell off the fork whilst you were stirring it you had to buy the next bottle of wine if you were doing it in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Now, times have moved on, so I'll let your own imagination as the penalty of if a bit of bread falls into the pot. But it's just why I love this so much is because the whole family or the whole gang or everybody sitting around at the table having a chat, having a bit of a laugh, and it goes on for about an hour and an hour and a half. And, okay, obviously with the wine in it, some kids, it's not suitable for, mo- well, probably all kids. If we- <laughs> but what the adults do is they get this fantastic liqueur called Kirsch, which is a cherry liqueur. And in Switzerland, what they do is they'd have a small shot glass of Kirsch and you dip your bread into it just for a second and then you put that into it and it really aids the digestion. Well, that's what they say it does, but actually helps you get nice and warm and as well. tell me about the bread. What kind of bread would you suggest? Thanks. I'd be fussy enough now, I think, about the type of bread that I would be dipping into the cheese. What what traditionally goes with fondue? Well, they say you can use a few, like from a sourdough. I've even seen some people use kind of like a rye bread. But for me, there's only one bread to use, and that's a good quality French baguette. So we've got some amazing bakers around here that are supplying shops and their own shops as well. Go get a good, fresh baguette and you probably need the best part of at least half a baguette per person. So that's exactly, slice it up into cubes, bite-sized pieces, 
get the proper now you can look if you want to do it nice and cheap you can get an old pan and just do it on the top of the heat and then leave it down on number one and you can hang around the pan but there's this kind of little heater that you bring into the middle of the table and if you don't have it get a couple of night lights four or five of those underneath it have they gone out of of fashion or out of favour Paul do you see fondue sets like you used to see them all the time years ago they were a bit of a craze absolutely are they back well look I don't know it's a bit like the millennials saying don't eat potatoes because it's now pasta I mean it should never have gone out of fashion there's actually four types of fondue my favourite one is the cheese then you'd have a fondue bourguignon which is done with meat and you'd kind of cook it in either a broth or sometimes you'd have it in a kind of like a deep fat fryer depending on the kind of meat that you'd have and then you'd have all your little sauces and dips to go around and then there's the fish which a uh, fondue which is done really traditionally on a broth so again you'd have a prawn or a scallop and you cook it in a little bit of a steam it in a broth and then the last one which we all know and will never go out of fashion is the chocolate fondue where you stick an yeah, out strawberry course. or a banana into an elf. or a marshmallow yeah exactly can't get anything better than that but it's I mean why I love about it and I always try and keep recipes nice and simple so there you go if there's one fellow on his own jeez I'd never go through a bottle of wine it's only 100 mils of wine to 200 grams of cheese and now you've made your fondue so it's half and half and if you don't drink Paul then can you is there a sub Substitute that you could you could use non-alcoholic wine, I guess. You could, yeah, but there's I, I I mean that's like saying I'll have an Irish stew and I'll have pretendy lamb in it. Like I mean, just if if you don't drink, you're probably better off just sitting in another room and not participating in this one. Just so you okay? So you'll put the recipe up for that on your Twitter if somebody yeah, wants yeah. to. I uh, even have a video. I'll, I'll tweet the video okay. I have on YouTube and people so can see it. People can easy. dust off their fondue sets. Now I want to talk to you about my death row meal. Okay. Yes. So I don't know whether you heard me say this earlier on, but it's a dinner that I would have with my mom and dad's quite regularly, and it's roast pork, uh, really nice crispy roast potatoes, uh, parsnip and carrots mashed together, like yeah. has to be mashed together, and then really nice apple sauce, and then crispy crackling which is the thing that I just adore does that sound like a good meal to you? That sounds fantastic let me know when you're dying I'll be there to help you (laughs) that is a fantastic Tell me this the crackling though um, I've never actually tried to make this meal myself I'm sure I could probably manage it but how do you get that crackling really really crispy is it all about buying it properly from the butcher and then preparing it properly what would be your best advice for that? So it's very easy you'll see all these guys telling you how to complicate making crackling it's not all it is is fat plus heat so you go into your butcher and you get a good piece. I actually did this one with Kira there before with a rack of pork. This is absolutely beautiful. So if you have the loin of pork for your Sunday uh, lunch with your mom and dad, this is basically just still on the bone. So you tell the butcher to leave, obviously crackling is the skin. So to leave the skin on it. Take it out of the fridge about an hour before you need it. Dry it down with a bit of kitchen roll. Then put a little bit of oil in your hand and rub it all over the skin and put flaked rock salt. That's all you do. Put flaked rock salt on the top of it into an oven, 180 degrees, for an hour and 45 minutes. Ask the butcher to give you four racks all in one piece. Take it out after the hour and 45 minutes. You have perfect pork, you have perfect crackling, and you might have a perfect chip toot at the end of it, because that's what crackling goes <laughs> anyway. Absolutely, that is the fear. Yeah. And then the par- the carrots and the parsnips mashed. Is that kind of gone out of fashion as well? I feel like that's a kind of a dinner from the 80s. No, I t- you know what? I love this. My dad makes this. Now, dad cooked for Elvis Muhammad Ali, Princess Grace. So this guy has a couple of ideas as to what to do. So I'm going to give you a little hint. So put half and half of your carrots and your parsnips and add in two small potatoes that you're going to mash mm. in with as well. Just to give it a little bit of consistency. Then when you mash it all up and leave it a little bit lumpy, don't go too mashed on it. But here's the thing, a huge knob of dairy gold butter, (laughs) flaked rock salt, good crack of the black pepper, a tiny pinch of curry powder. And here's the here's the beautiful twist on this, a 
teaspoon of wild honey, good wild honey. Really? I'm telling you, you will never taste anything like it again. It is, even the kids will love it. It's absolutely beautiful. And you put that now with your roast spuds, the perfect bit of pork and a lovely bit of applesauce. Heaven, let me, trust me, let me know now when you're dying. I'll actually cook it for you and then I'll help you eat it. <laughs> so I'll hold you to that. Yeah. I'm sure it won't be too long. Um, so butter, rock salt, pepper, curry powder and honey. That's that's the key that people are probably putting in the salt and pepper and the butter. Yeah. But they definitely wouldn't be putting in the curry powder and the honey. So they're the kind of secret exactly. uh, secret ingredients and that need to go in. The trick to cooking is, is to not overpower something. So if I put in a load of curry powder into it, well, A, you won't taste the carrot, parsnip or anything else. So it's just that little taste in the background that you get. What, the, what, am, what am I getting there? I can actually taste something. And that's the trick to cooking. There's no point overpowering. It's like if you buy prawns, you know, good Dublin Bay prawns. Just a little bit of salt and pepper. Don't kill it with flavors because then you can't taste the prawn. So that's the key to cooking. Seasoning and not overkilling it with spices or flavorings and that kind of stuff. Uh, Paul, stay with me for a second. I just want to get through a couple of texts because people have been sending loads and loads of texts in relation to uh, their final meal. Um, I'll have every donut that ever existed, currently exists and will ever be made. I reckon um, it'd kill me, but what a way to go. Another one, I'd go for Christmas dinner. Obviously, Paul, this is a favorite with lots of people. Prawn cocktail, garlic mushrooms, turkey, ham, spiced beef and stuffing and roast potatoes followed by Christmas pudding. That is obviously a favourite of a lot of people. Another one in here for a final meal of all time. It has to be fish fingers, beans and homemade chips. And uh, my last ever meal will be a barbecue. Prison officers may have an issue with an open fire, but if I could get away with it, chicken wings, barbecue, spare ribs, burgers and steak. Of course, barbecue, a big favourite with people as well, Paul. Um, The other uh, meal that I mentioned, and you you might give me a little bit of a hand with this too, I think maybe my favourite meals are just meals that remind me of my childhood. So it's a bit of a nostalgic thing. But Irish stew. And again, I know it's a simple dish and you'll laugh and you'll think, you know, you could do it really easily. But I can't quite get my Irish stew to be like the Irish stew that my mom would have made. This, this is, I don't think you're mad at all. The Irish stew is our ancestors were geniuses. They made one of the greatest dishes renowned throughout the world with pretty much three ingredients, maybe four. They had a bit of lamb, they had a bit of turnip, maybe a few spuds, and maybe a bit of carrot or, or, and celery if, if they were doing well. The trick to a good Irish stew, and this is brilliant, go into your butcher and ask him to give you a shoulder of lamb and to bone it out. So it's half the price of a leg of lamb and a leg of lamb would be wasted anyway. So a good shoulder of lamb or maybe even the neck of lamb, but tell them to give you the bones off it too. So you dice it up, bite-sized pieces, boil it, in, cover it in water and boil it for about five minutes. And all, you ever see when you're in meat, you get this kind of white froth coming yeah, to the top? Yeah, you have to remove that. Yeah, so yeah. that's basically, want of a better word, it's basically the scum that or the impurities mm. that it's in the meat. So you boil it for five minutes and then get rid of all that water. Get absolutely rid of everything. Now put your meat back into the pot with cold water again and the bones. Bring it up to the boil and then just simmer it for about an hour and a half to two hours. And you have now got the most perfect lamb, lovely and tender. And you've also got the most fantastic stock. So take out your lamb and then in the pot, take out the stock as well. Then in the pot, just fry off a little bit of butter, a little bit of oil, a few diced carrots, all bite-sized and diced-sized turnip. Fry that off. Here's the trick, because if you fry that off, it brings out the natural sugars in it. So you get a nice little sweet taste off it as well. Throw back in your lamb, add in your stock, and then put in... I prefer to keep the potatoes out separate, because the potatoes can actually make it go cloudy. But if you want to just cut in a couple of cubes of potatoes as well, and just simmer it until your veg is tender. And that is the most... You won't be able to replicate that with any stock cube. It is the most incredible flavor ever. 
perfect Irish stew. It's a genius of a dish. You've got good taste, I'll give you that. You've got very good taste. <laughs> well, I can tell you one thing now. I haven't had anything since my breakfast and I'm absolutely starving after talking about all of this food. But, Paul, uh, so the fondue recipe is up on Twitter and uh, loads of tips there for roast pork and for Irish stew, which were two of my uh, favourite meals. But, uh, Paul Travol, thanks so much for speaking to us on Lunchtime Live this afternoon. I want to get to a couple of texts. One in here, um, having been diagnosed with celiac disease a few years ago, I now cannot eat many things I used to love. So my death roll meal would be a very crispy French baguette with real butter, ham and cheese, followed by a packet of potato, cheese and onion crisps and a glass of milk. No need for anything fancy when you have, uh, when you've had to get used to a restricted diet. That sounds like absolutely lovely lunch to me. Another one in here for the last supper, can I suggest killer kebabs for main course followed by death by chocolate for dessert and washed down with a death row cocktail whilst watching the movie Recipe for Murder and that came in for John who is uh, getting into our uh, theme fully. Another one here, my last meal will be an all-you-can-eat buffet and funnily enough, I'd never stop eating. That came in from Al Indrum Condra. There was another one in here from Sean who said, I'd like to think I'd order a banquet to be fed to the needy or the worthy while I'd settle for a toasted cheese sandwich. Don't be lying, Sean, you definitely wouldn't. 